So we are, we are going to be uh, looking over part two of our statement of faith. Uh, last week, we, we, we took a look at part of it. This week, we'll take a, another look, and then uh, we'll wrap up next week with the statement of faith. The following week will be uh, Giving Sunday, and, and uh, uh, that's when all of you get to bring back your shoeboxes and containers for Operation Christmas Child, and we're actually going to be speaking of different ways that we can support uh, the, the purpose and the ministry of gathering church and what the Lord's trying to do here. Uh, so we'll, we'll actually uh, talk about uh, tithing and giving and the importance of that uh, to those who, who want that blessing in your life. And there is, there's an incredible blessing that comes with tithing. Everyone starts getting real uptight when the preacher starts talking about money. <laughs> so, and, and, uh, but everyone relax. God doesn't want your money. God wants your heart. And uh, if he has your heart... You freely, you freely give money when, when he tells you to. So, uh, so, so we'll, we'll be talking about that. Well, you'll actually get to see the budget. We do have a budget and, and a very nice budget and, and a projected budget of what we would like to do. Uh, so we'll be presenting that that week as well. Uh, and one of the things that we'll, we'll actually have our first uh, official business meeting as Gathering Church that Sunday, and this is one reason why we're going through the statement of faith, is because per our Constitution, uh, in order to, to be a member, uh, as Kate said, uh, you basically just ag agree with our statement of faith and say, yeah, we, we want to commit to this church, and we, we're in agreement with uh, the, the collective uh, fellowship, this, uh, this, the faith of the collective fellowship, and we realize that this is very much an interdenominational gathering, uh, so we are all coming from different uh, backgrounds and different denominations and different angles on the Word of God, but we can corporately come together and agree on these things, and from there let our faith expand in, in various roles. So, uh, so the reason why we we uh, want you to consider membership of the Lord leads you to do so uh, is because on Giving Sunday, directly at the end of service, we're going to have a quick business meeting, so you guys can uh, publicly affirm the the staff that was presented to you. Uh, those of you who were here um, a few weeks ago saw the hierarchy of uh, who's doing what around here and who wears what labels around here, and that was the recommendation of our elder board. Uh, and so, so the way that we do business is the, the elder board will recommend these things, and then the, the, the church gets to affirm, the membership gets to affirm. Uh, so uh, in order to have members, we've got to kind of go through this a little bit. So if all that makes sense, not only that, it's, it's so not only for political reasons, but also for inspirational reasons. Sometimes we need to go back to our foundation and our foundational truths and say, yes, these are, this is my foundation of my faith. This is the solid rock the Lord has helped me build upon. But I, sometimes we got to come back and, and make sure that those foundations stand sure. So that's what we're going to be doing this week. Last week, uh, we talked about the Bible. We talked about uh, the Godhead, uh, this triune God. Uh, whether we want to talk, call it uh, Trinity, whether we want to talk about manifestations, persons, whatever verbiage we want to use, this incredible uh, God, the oneness of God, that, that he manifests and presents himself in three different ways to, to minister to us, to, uh, uh, to help us to grow, to interact with us, to, to make him much more tangible, uh, to give us a human touch for the human race. And uh, so that's what we did last week. Uh, we, we, we studied about, what's the old song? Uh, gather round, gather close. The Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. Anyone remember that? that to the Trinity, we make, we make a toast. Someone, anyone? One, two, three, lockbox. Oh, come on. 
Y'all know y'all listened to Hagar back in the day. Don't act like you didn't. The Red Rocker. Yes, that was Petra. No. <laughs> Sammy Hagar, one, two, three, like box. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all remember that? Never a Hagar fan. <laughs> so, where, oh, here's my clicker. Well, since I'm being very non-spiritual at the moment, let me just, I'm, I'm going to shoot a hot sports opinion. Right, y'all ready? Van Hagar better than Van Halen. There, I said it. I said it. I said it. How about those apples? How about those apples? Call it. Can't change it. No quitsies. All right. <laughs> Statement of faith. Let's get spiritual again, shall we? <laughs> this week, this week. Oh, also, if, if you have not, I, don't, I think I forgot to have this done. If you, if you do not have a copy of the Statement of Faith, uh, we've got our dynamic duo right over here, Isaac and Erica. My neighbors, my neighbors are going to be uh, passing these out. If you need a copy, uh, if you brought your copy from last week, you can, you can look at that. But if you need a copy. Oh, this is from, uh, th these, are my, these are my slides from last week. There, there should be a part two up there. While, while we wait, mm -mm 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 -mm. one, two, three, no, nah, I'm teasing. There we are. Thank you. <laughs> We're going to be talking about some good news today. Anyone need some good news in your life? It'd, it'd be nice to have some good news. We, uh, that's really what the word gospel means. It means the good news. And, and uh, the, the good news is this, that God loves you so much. God was so in love with you that he sent his only begotten son, that whoever believes in this good news shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's the gospel. Uh, if you look, look down at the bottom of uh, the front of your statement of faith, that's where we're going to pick up on. Jesus Christ is the gospel, the good news revealed by his birth, life, death and resurrection and his ascension. Christ's crucifixion is the heart of the gospel, his resurrection, the power of the gospel, and his ascension, the glory of the gospel. So to be dead in Christ, that's really what it's talking about. To, to, to identify with Christ is to understand that we get to die out to our old self. How many of you made some blunders in your past you'd like just to kind of bury and forget about? You get to do that in Christ. You, you, just as he was crucified and buried in a tomb, and nobody knows where that tomb is, you can go to Israel, and they got a couple of different places that they say, well, this, this is it, or no, this is it over here. Really, it was an unmarked grave. Nobody really knows where it is. Uh, the Bible doesn't include addresses, you know, a lot of times for these things. And uh, partly is because people wind up worshiping the location more than they'll worship the God that was at the location. And uh, so... Um, so that's what you get to do with your past, and that's the good news, is you get to bury your past in an unmarked grave. You couldn't even find it if you wanted to. Some of you just need to let go of your past, because it doesn't exist, does it? Anyone bring your past with you? Show it to me. Is it in your pocket? Under your chair? No. So where's it at? 
all in your head, so you're thinking about it. Well, guess what? You can think about anything you want to think about, so stop thinking about that and start thinking about good things. Start thinking about this good news, this gospel. The fact that, that you, are, you are free, you're dead in Christ, and the fact that he has regenerated you, you, you are brand new, alive via the Holy Spirit, and not only that, you actually get, the, the day will come that you'll actually get to participate in an ascension. <laughs> so wouldn't that be cool just to be able to say, I'm going to ascend Makes you sound actually ultra-spiritual. Uh, but that's, that's the gospel, the good news. Jesus Christ is the mediator between people and God. Christ's death satisfies the demands of God's justice and appeases God's wrath. I love that. The Bible says that the fullness of the wrath of God was poured out on the cross. So, so, so all of God's wrath and anger was poured out on the cross. Christ absorbed it all. Think about that. Have you ever, have you ever just gotten so mad you had to like go find like a pillow or a punching bag or just something and just, just get it all out, you know? Go out in the backyard and scream or do whatever. You ever, you ever had that one burst of anger? Then afterwards you're, you come back in and you're cool and, you know, you're much more pleasant to your family or whatever. That's, that's basically what God did on the cross. He came off the top rope, as they say, Right? And, and, and just, just poured out his wrath on the cross. So that's part of the good news is because of Jesus Christ and his substitute, uh, the substitution that he was for all of us. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. All of us deserve death for the sins that we had in our life, but Christ died for us instead. He took our place. God's wrath was poured out on that sacrifice. So guess what? God's not angry with you one bit. You don't have an angry God today. You don't have to worry about God being upset at you and not loving you. That's exactly what he is. The Bible says God is love. So he's, he'll, he'll, he'll correct you at times, uh, but it's out of love, just as much as you correct your children because you love them. So it's all, all part of the good news. Christ's death satisfies the demands of God's justice and appeases God's wrath. There is no other name by which man can be saved, and that name is Jesus. The truth is reveals God's mysterious love and his amazing grace. Uh, it's, it's, it's our great hope. So this is a scripture I included for that, Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel or the good news of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes it. Everything that we do here at Gathering Church hinges on the fact of the gospel has been shared with us. We have received the good news about Jesus. And what's that? The good news is this, that Jesus Christ took our place on the cross, that, that we don't have to be punished for our mistakes, for our sins, for our past, that we can be washed clean, brand new, and that we are now in good standing with God. And the better news is this, you didn't do a thing to deserve it or earn it or even make it happen. You can't even claim the faith that you have to believe in it. Because the Bible says that the faith actually comes from God himself. So God gave you the faith to believe in him. So everything we have belongs to him. That's the good news. The good news. All right, moving on. Human beings. Anyone know any human beings? There's a few in the room here today, a few of us. <laughs> a few of us are human beings, right? Uh, human beings. Men and women are made in the image of God. Think about that. You are made in the likeness and image of God. What does God look like? Look at yourself in the mirror. 
So stop looking in the mirror and putting yourself down. Stop looking in the mirror and feeling like a failure. Stop looking in the mirror and feeling anything negative toward yourself. Why? Because you were created in the image of God. You say, well, I messed up big time. Well, that's the good news. <laughs> we, we just talked about how that's, how that's curable. But, but you were made in the likeness of God. That means that everything that, that is within you uh, can be found within God. Uh, in, in other words, I, I've used this example before. You can go take a, take a glass and go down here to the uh, Lake Viridian here and, and scoop up a, a big glass of it and go put it on your mantle at home. And someone says, well, what is that? And say, oh, that's the lake. That's the lake. I thought the lake was out here. Well, no, it's, a, it's not the entirety of the lake. It's not the wholeness of the lake. But everything in that water is indicative to the water out here in the lake, which means that in this example, that's the last thing you want to drink. <laughs> So you may even have a two-headed catfish flowing around in that, in that glass uh, since we, we get fed by the Trinity here, right? <laughs> Trinity River. <laughs> uh, but, so in other words, you, you are a big, tall glass of God. You're not the wholeness of God. You're not the fullness of God. But all the qualities that are in God can be found within us. You've got incredible, wonderful abilities to live for him and to make an impact for him. Uh, men and women, they are taken to be like him in they, they are to be like him in character and person. Human beings are the supreme object of God's creation. God loves his creation. He loves this world. He loves everything. He loves nature. He loves colors. He loves animals. But man, does he love people. Because we're the ones that he, he made us like him. He loves us. Although each person has the potential for good, all are marred by sin against God. Sin separates humans from God and causes hardship in their lives. As a result of sin, people cannot attain a right relationship with God through their own efforts. That's why God had to even give you the faith to believe in him. Because the Bible says that our righteousness, or our, best, our best works, actually look like filthy rags compared to the goodness and righteousness of God. So there's nothing you can do that can, that can earn your way to God. You can't attend church enough. You can't read enough Bibles. You can't, uh, you, you can't pray long enough. You can't give to the poor enough. You, all, of the, all of the things that we wind up doing because of his goodness for us, but even all of those things couldn't, could not earn your way to God. So salvation comes fully freely. That's what grace is. Grace is unmerited favor, unearned favor. So that's one, one awesome thing about being a human is to say, well, I'm flawed. Well, yeah, okay, we all are. But what's incredible is that you being human means that God loves you just because. Nothing that you've done, nothing that you've, you couldn't have earned it. He loves you, period. He, loved, he loves you, he loved you on your worst day just as much as he's loved you on your most spiritual day. That's the consistency of God's love and the magnitude of his love. That he would love you regardless. God loves you, period. Why? Because you're one of his humans. Bless you, Erica. <laughs> All right, so that brings us, if, if humans, uh, oh, wait, let's read this. Psalm chapter 8, verse 6. You have... You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. 
you have put all things under his feet. This, this is reference to human beings. This is what David was thinking about. That, that God made you to have dominion over all of his creation. He's got this incredible creation out there. We need to go enjoy it at some point. But, he, but he's made us to have dominion over it. And he's put everything under our feet. Man, think about it. Of, of all of God's creation, he's given, us, he's given us the run of the place. It's pretty powerful. That's pretty, uh, it's a pretty cool deal, right? So here's, here's the issue. If, if we're flawed and if, we, if sin separates us from God, we've we got to get back to salvation. Now, now remember, all of this are basic tenets that, that we are kind of reviewing. I know for some of us this is review. For some of us it's Christianity 101. But these are all basic tenets that we've, we're going to come together, we're going to agree on uh, uh, because of all of our various backgrounds. But, but these are things that we can all come together and say yes to, okay? Uh, so Acts chapter 2, tw uh, 21, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Salvation comes by this, the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross provides the only way to salvation through forgiveness of sins. Salvation occurs when people place their faith in the death and the resurrection of Christ as sufficient payment for their sin. Salvation is a gift from God and cannot be earned through a person's efforts. So salvation being a gift, you don't earn gifts, do you? You know, uh, if, if I wanted to present a gift to you, it's, it's, it's because I just want to give it to you, not because you, you've earned it from me. You, you know, if, if you worked for it, that would be a wage. That would be a paycheck. Salvation is not a paycheck. It's a free gift. And it came via the blood of Jesus. Bless you. <laughs> Man, what are you guys breathing out there? Allergies. It's nice, fresh air way up here in this altitude. Uh, <laughs> So salvation, salvation comes through the blood of Jesus. Uh, a lot of it is, is Old Testament um, metaphor, uh, that there would be the, uh, the, the blood of, of a spotless lamb would be shed. Uh, the, the, the blood would be applied to you know, various things to cleanse it, to purify it. Uh, Jesus was that ultimate sacrifice, that his blood would be shed as an atonement for our sin. The word atonement, actually means how it's spelt, at one mint. It brings us, makes us one with God again. And, and the blood of Jesus applied to our life, that's salvation. And salvation comes when you believe, when you believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Uh, the Bible says that uh, if you, if you believe, believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. The, that's the, the wonderful thing uh, about salvation being a gift. Now, here's, here's the issue. If, if I said, hey, look, we're all going to go out to eat today. And we, we go out to eat, and I say, hey, I'm going to cover everyone's meal, right? Uh, so I paid for your meal. At, at the conclusion of your meal, if, if you're not willing to accept the fact that I've already paid for your meal, you're going to be arguing with the waitress for quite a while, trying to give her money, trying to, you know, look, at least let me go wash dishes. Let me do something to earn this meal. While the waitress is trying to tell you, no, 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 it's already been paid for. It's already been paid for. So if you're going to uh, receive that meal and enjoy the fullness of that meal, you're going to have to come, to come to terms with the fact that I already paid for the meal and that you don't have to worry about anything else. You just kind of go, oh, then I get to enjoy the meal. That's the beauty and the simplicity of salvation. When you, when you understand the fact that Christ has already paid the price, that you don't have to earn your way back to God, 
and you believe it, then step into the family and start growing. And from there, there's wonderful truth. There's more, there's more of God to experience. But that's the simplicity and the basics of salvation. Amen.